it is beautiful. I like literally now I want to watch Insecure. Like I've always kind of yeah. wanted to for a lot of reasons. Uh-huh. And now like <laughs> I was watching and I was like, he's a love interest. I can do I can watch I can watch that. <laughs> I can do a little watching of that. <laughs> I'm here for it. next door and we are ready for the revolution yeah i mean yeah the civil war that is inevitably gonna happen and i what you're hearing is a very large what are you, <laughs> what are you gonna do in mentions i don't know i'm gonna I'm a fight you know <laughs> i learned how to do it can, no find a hammer or something for the revolution. That's what we're going to need. Because we are going to be talking about the first purge. Cat. <laughs> really set on the. Uh... <laughs> really set on. Nunchucks. I have huh? two nunchucks. <laughs> That's good. Nunchucks or nunchucks? Nunchucks, I think. You know what? That's a good. If I don't know how to say them, I think it's still fine that I own them. Nunchucks. <laughs> yeah, nunchucks. Nunchucks. Like they're none of yours. Yeah. <laughs> And They're it's not for none you. of your business. I'm gonna hit you in the face with them. It's not for you. Yes, that's smart. <laughs> I genuinely don't know how they work. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, so we'll we, figure it out. There's also scissors here, so yeah. we're gonna do we, stabby stabs. <laughs> when so we're talking today about the first perch, mm-hmm. and the, not like first is in. The first one made. We're yeah. talking about the film titled "The First Purge," uh, which is about the. It's like a prequel. It's a prequel to the Purge series. Mm -hmm. And so when we were watching it, and it's like, it's modern day, right? And there's like attacks, and it feels so real. It's ridiculous, right? Um, Yeah. And it's happening like on the screen, and they're being attacked in their house. It it felt like attack the block, but minus aliens, and replace it with actual white supremacists. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) I was like, man... We need like weapons in our house in case yeah. it happens. I'm gonna be yeah. I'm gonna be really honest. I have never in my life felt like, hey, I should get a gun. <laughs> um, watching watching this that, film, yeah. I was like, oh my god, we need guns. Yeah. What are we doing? What What do you mean? Like, yeah. if someone. Comes like what? What do Absol- you do? Like, yeah. Absolutely not. I'm and not gonna go fighting with no nunchucks. Absolutely not. <laughs> and you know what's funny is like, so coming off of like the Candyman film, right? Mm-hmm. Is that we have like this like Helen who was going into this neighborhood and they're like gangs are in there. Like we live in Philadelphia. Like we live mm-hmm. in a city where people might be afraid and might think I should have a gun to protect myself. But it literally like never occurred to us because we're like whatever. Like maybe a bat or something. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you just in case there's theft or something, yeah. you know, like, whatever. But very, like, not even then, right? Yeah. Uh, just to be, like, basic protecting yourself. But it literally took seeing a film where there's, like, 
the government conspiracy, white supremacists entering your home, and there's nothing else that like the world can do to protect you that we were like because they have should, all the guns. We should get a gun. We like, have, <laughs> they have all the money for the guns. They have the budgets. They have the financial backing yeah. to out militarize us. I yeah. have now officially am like. Yeah. They have the NRA. And that's what the founding fathers in this film, uh, the the party, the uh, election party, were brought into power by the NRA. Mm-hmm. By this this idea of the Second Amendment that's supposed to protect the the true Americans, right? Uh, and so, yeah, I think it's really funny that, like, we live in a place that I feel like other people would be like, you should have a gun to protect yourself. We're like, no. And then we were like, oh, but white people... And yeah, like, we need guns us. to get rid of the racist people yeah. who Oops. are coming for our lives. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. It just, that was no, entertaining it was, to me. It was very, it, it hit in such like a visceral way where it was just like, I feel like it was so scary because it was 100% that like societal horror. It was like, yeah. this is what's happening outside right now. Like, I was like yelling at Mike. We had to watch it on a computer screen because I've decided the world has intentionally made this film very hard yeah. to find. Um, and rated it not well. Like it's like at 55% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, so like three stars. Rotten Tomatoes is racist to me now. I just like, there's no, it was a fantastic, yeah. yeah. It was a fantastic film. Mm-hmm. It was saying exactly what life was, but because we were still, it was like made back in 2018 where we were still calling out people for literally using their rights to stand up for things that they believed in um, and everyone should believe in. We were still in that phase where it's not the time. Don't do it that way. Where mm-hmm. I'm convinced it has been intentionally taken off public access because it's literally just saying exactly what's happening right Honestly, now. I'm ready to just call Shutter and be like, one, they need to fit, they need to Full out, flesh out their horror noir section because right now it's oh, yeah, just it a nothing. handful of black exploitation films, the horror noir documentary, two indie films. One is a short film, one is a full length one, and like one other film, right? And it's like, how are we, how are we going to have this right now? And you have a section called horror noir, and there's like ten films in there. Yeah, Let's there's so go. many other films. Put this that in need here, to be in like there. get in touch with us, Shutter, because we have some recommendations for you. Yeah, and if it's and it's not on Netflix, it's not on Hulu. Like you have an opportunity. I had to pay fifteen dollars. Yes. To watch this on my computer screen, not even on a TV. Yeah. And I don't regret it. Yeah. It was worth it. So for people who are wondering what we're talking about, it is the first purge. And I will tell you what I'm going to say. Say your words. America's third political party, the new founding fathers of America, (coughs) Tea Party, (coughs) comes to power and conducts an experiment. No laws for 12 hours on Staten Island. No one has to stay on the island, but $5,000 is given to anyone who does, and it's directed by Gerard McMurray, who is a black man. Yeah. So right there, we know it's getting done, right? Uh, Nothing about us without us, and he is very deliberate about everything in this film. And, like... There is no subtlety. Yeah. It was beautiful. (laughs) Yeah, there's this, like... So we found some articles about it, but there's one from The Verge, and I think this one really, like, kind of explains how I feel about a lot of media that, like, the ones that we have a problem with are media that either, like, just dips a toe into their message Mm -hmm. or, you know, skirts around it in certain ways, in in ways that I feel like we've even done, right? Like, Yeah, we're guilty of it, too. Yeah, yeah, they're, like... We're worried we're going to offend somebody or worried... It's, like, yes, difference between worried about offending somebody and just being offensive. Yeah. Uh, But, like, we're very worried about, because we are a public figure, and making sure that we're... 
intentionally saying the things that we believe in and that mm-hmm. we want to be out there. Yeah. So we have hesitated. In yeah. the past. Or even like kind of trying to like struggling with this idea of like us being our edutainment podcast, right? Like mm-hmm. we want to be educational, but we also want to be entertaining. Mm-hmm. And so there are times when we've encountered really dark subjects because that's just what happens when you're that's in horror, horror yeah. right? Uh, where we have like... Uh, not intended to get as deep or dark as we did or yeah. like going into it we had to like prep ourselves for it like when we did the population control I don't think we knew that's where we would end up oh yeah a lot of all. topics it ends up like that where yeah. we'll look into it and we'll be like all right it's gonna be a fun time we're gonna talk about this it's like I bet you there's some crazy conspiracies and then we're like oh Awful. oh god the world yeah yeah, like, like why don't we know? Yeah, like, yeah, why like, don't we know? Where, 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 where were we? Yeah. <laughs> What's up, Yeah. <laughs> and so I think, like, you know, with, like, even just thinking back to the time travel episode, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I struggled, like, even pitching. I was like, you know, we're doing time travel. It's fun. We've been doing all these wacky things. And I was like, let's do about time. Let's do this. And then I was like, let's do See You Yesterday. And I was like, when we do that film, it's going to get intense. It's going to yeah. get racial. It's going to be about problems and so it was like even then I was hesitant to be like should we do that are people going to be upset because we're like talking about something like that and then it was like no and then like you know researching it being like no like this needs to get said and not even knowing that the world would blow up as uh, the way that it did like two weeks later like having no idea that you know we were one of a million right that we're feeling that same way and so I feel like this film like, like it's such a, a breath of fresh air because um, all the other films kind of like dabbled and and and, and kind of dipped a toe into the the political and uh, situational things, right? And then this one is like, no, we're gonna confront it. We're gonna be purposeful. It's just like Jordan Peele and his s- social horror films, or it's just like I'm gonna spoon feed you. Like I'm like yeah, we're gonna put so it right. You, you can't argue. Avoid it. Yeah, you cannot argue that this is not what it's about. Like there's no yeah. way for you to be like it's this, right? And so um, there's an article on Verge.com that talks about it. So it says 2013 film The Purge. Writer director James DiMonaco says if it sparks any kind of discourse about violence in society, I think that's a good thing. If people just enjoy it, great. But if they want to talk about violence, guns in our society, that's great too. That kind of half commitment to the film's political elements define the series until now. The Purge and its sequels, The Purge Anarchy in 2014 and The Purge Election Year in 2016, both written and directed by DeMonico, all tiptoed up the line of delivering a loud, clear political message, but both films retreated before their subtext became explicit. The first Purge ends with the none-too-subtle suggestion that the only way to prevent a racist classist authoritarian authoritarian dystopia from coming to pass is by taking to the streets, ideally with weapons in hand. The film turns one night on Staten Island into a compression of the last few years of real-world American horror, a place where random violence seems like less of a threat than armed white supremacists and a government that sees them as allies in an ongoing culture war. Which, when you read that... From 2018. 2018, right? And then you look at today's world and you read, like, articles about Philadelphia right now where yeah. we have groups of white supremacists and people who are mass vigilantes, like, not mass, but vigilantes in uh, Fishtown and in South Philadelphia yep. who are combating Black Lives Matter protesters and being backed by the police. It's like, <laughs> this yeah. is the real world that 
that people have been living this whole time. Uh, and it took like being the fourth one in this series to tell us what it's about. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just so real. The fact that it's been terrifying here. Like, we mm-hmm. live... Oh, yeah. Sorry. South <laughs> Philly is yeah. in Philadelphia, where we live in Philadelphia. Yes. Not specifically in a district of Philadelphia. We are moving, so... Yeah, we are moving. Okay, so yeah, South Philly. <laughs> Down the street from our house is where the racists on parade yeah. with weapons who were drinking, who were, like, yeah. walking around hitting uh, reporters. I was watching the stream of the one reporter who got beat up in Fishtown. Mm-hmm. And then, like, having people literally tell people who are scared for their lives that they're the racists with bats are there to protect them. Yeah. yeah. Not there to protect us. <laughs> like, yeah, no. No, not for them. People who are calling and scared, it's not to protect them. No. It's to protect the white people. Yes. It's to protect the racists and the cops and the government. And yeah. 2018, there is. And the Columbus that. statue. Because <laughs> we Don't need forget. the man who we cuts off that. hands unless you bring enough gold. Yes. Um, and the guy murders who was, who was arrested American. in his own country. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the, they are the, the gravy seals or water ISIS. That's my favorite. That's my favorite. Water ISIS. Because of water. Yeah, water. 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 <laughs> exactly. I get it. You got it. You're I'm there. picking it up. Yeah. And, and so uh, watching this, I was like, what else should we do? And I was like, I've always wanted to do the first purge. And I hadn't seen it before. I didn't expect it to be as real as it was. Yeah. And so uh, we put it on. And it, I would say, so for this film, cinematically, like, they definitely had a low budget. And uh-huh. so there's, it's not something to, like, write home about cinematically. There are some, like you know, special effects or things that are very simple um, because that's not really what the point is. Like, yeah. I was watching, I was like, I feel like I could make this film in, in regards to, like, what equipment is used and, like, the limitations of just, like, where they are and what they're doing. But there's so much more to, like, when you look past that and you're just watching it to, to get the story and mm-hmm. to hear what it's trying to tell you, it was so loud, right? Like, it was so in your face. And I was like... Like, yeah. we were watching it, and I was like, what? every single, like, we were, like, essentially, like, live-tweeting to each other. Yeah. And I was like, this is, like, replaying what's happening outside right now with, like, the protests. I was like, in all the different ways. Like, it's it's so interesting that, like, these same themes and these same tactics are just replicated. Yeah. And so, like, what you have in this film is a, essentially, it's the beginning of The Purge. And if you're unfamiliar with The Purge films it's this idea that for one night all crime besides like i think you can't kill the president or something like there's like three things that were listed like you can't do but all crime is legal besides that yeah so get Um, it all out of your system so that the rest of the year you can just totally be cool yeah and so uh the first purge the the original purge purge Mm -hmm. number one (laughs) Uh, it's essentially just a home invasion film with Ethan Hawke and his family. And it's kind of a bit of a touch on classism a little bit in there. Mm-hmm. But it's really just like a, a new wave version of The Strangers. Yeah. Um, and it was great. And it's very simple. Um, and I always love like when you have these really big ideas, like these wor- like the world is so vast and ex- expansive yeah. because of this one idea. But you focus on this really minute piece of it like yeah. I thought that was really interesting yeah. um and I love how it like expanded and we were like well if then well it gives it was necessary yeah. I mean I feel like after you watch the original one you're just like 
well, what you else? had that whole world and that's all you did? Yeah. I need to know what's happening. And yeah. Then, yeah, then they started. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, an improv that says, if this, then what? Right? Yeah. Like, if you create a world, if you propose this idea, you throw it up in the air, then it's every, your team's goal is to think, okay, if that's true in this world, what else would be true in this world? Like, this is a different world. We have to follow a new line of logic, right? And so that's what it does. And so this film, First Purge, is about the start of the purge. So yeah. in the first, the other three films, we exist in the world that already is here. So yeah. uh, it's similar to, like, most dystopian films where you're just there and you just have to, like, accept that it happened. Like, you don't really get an understanding of how we got there. And, yeah. like, when we talked about Margaret Atwood's Handmaid's Tale, you get to see the progression, and that was terrifying. It makes it very... Because it just makes it seem less far off from where you are now. Yeah. You get to really see how? what went wrong. Like, what happened that allowed for this society to go forth. Yeah. And... Every time we have an experience like that, we realize, you know, we're not that far off. We're not, we're, we're very close. Yeah. We're very, we're just like a little skip step. Yeah. To purge land. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And like, so there's, so there's a lot in this film and it's like, it's, there's literally like one line in horror noir that mentions the first purge. And uh -huh. I think that's kind of sad. Um, only because I think like in horror noir, they're covering things from previously like they this was 2018 it was new so it was yeah. still too new um to have all this like information about but uh there's so many things like from that documentary that are kind of expressed in this film that i think is, is super interesting and things that felt so real and so like one of them is like so they choose staten island as the test right uh -huh. and it just makes you think of the numerous his like the the enormous history of testing and using uh BIPOC as uh guinea pigs uh -huh. for experiments and like when like when we did our population control episode right is like thinking of all the um minorities and you know uh underrepresented communities that were being used they sterilized just openly in the country yes and so all these times like since the dawn of this country uh BIPOC have been used as like these guinea pigs to try things out like birth control yeah. um, or finding out how syphilis and chlamydia affects the body uh, or like there, you can go on forever about yeah. the different things that happen like cocaine like there's so much like it makes you sound like a, a conspiracy theorist but it's literally but it's just history it's like what's happening and so like it is no surprise to me like when I was watching I was like of course yeah this is where they this would do is it. what they would do right yeah. and and they focus specifically which is like a throwback to me to Candyman, they focus on a housing, uh, uh, lower income housing project uh -huh. to like, be like, this is where all of it's going to go down. And it's such like, it kind of seems like fictional when the way that they're approaching it, where they're like, uh, <laughs> like, uh, this is where everything is going to go down. And like, uh, there's going to be violence. And of course of it's going to happen here. Right. And it's like, it seems like kind of silly when you're watching it, but then you think about like, if this, if Donald Trump, cause he's said it before, like he calls immigrants animals. He says that people from Mexico are not good guys. Like mm -hmm. <laughs> ridiculous things, right? That if he came on and was like, we're going to put it in this area. And of course we're going to see results because that place is full of violent criminals. Well, like, yeah, people it just kind of goes towards the, when we were talking about Candyman, the whole black on black crime, black on brown crime, where you're thinking that 
yeah, they're attacking each other. So they're, it's the purge just makes sense is like their mentality. They're going mm -hmm. in super racist. Yeah. Um, and they're going in just <laughs> yeah. like really trying to, I guess, prove the myth that Candyman represented. Mm -hmm. It's like yeah. if you give them the opportunity to do that, they're going to go crazy. They're going to do it. And that's not. Yeah. spoilers that's not what happened yeah well, what and that's why like at the beginning so again I hadn't seen it and I, I was watching it with my boyfriend who had seen it and I looked at him and I was like why aren't they afraid like I would be afraid that like the history of this country they're gonna use this as an opportunity to just come in here and kill us and say that it was done to us like that's literally that's how literally it works it and then <laughs> spoilers uh, that's what happens uh, duh and I was yeah. just like I, it was I will say this. This film is, like, silly and it's, like, exciting. It's a thriller. Mm -hmm. But it is actually really terrifying. Like, yeah. Like, when you're really, like, putting it on. Like, I was like, this really feels real to me. And in a way that, like, I was honestly very afraid of it in ways that, like, I haven't been in a long time. Because mm -hmm. I was like, I see the things happening in this film happening every day now that mm -hmm. I I really can believe in this world. Like, yeah. before, like, when I just had the purge. 2018, like, maybe. No. Yeah. Today? Yeah. Yes. But the thing about it is in 2018, people were unaware of that. People yeah. knew that. That's why this and film was made. The and then, yeah, people are now waking up like, oh, wait, yeah, you're right. Yeah, there's a good uh, way it's described by a Hollywood reporter. Um, they basically say the prequel provides answers to the notion that people are inherently evil or showing that they aren't, especially when they see themselves as part of a community. So the assumption of the self-invested one percenters is that when given the purge, they're going to attack each other. They're going to kill each other. It's just, well, that's what's going to happen. But what they see is that the people are a community. Mm -hmm. So the people on Staten Island would rather party with each other than kill each other, take care of each other. Yeah. You know bunk up in a church and like make sure everyone's safe then go out and murder, and murder yeah. everybody that they care about uh yeah for fun for money and poops and giggles because i can't say the so, other word yeah um and that's just basically really powerful that you get to see that and that like the government itself is the one placing the bricks in the street yes um sending mercenaries who are the kkk mm-hmm uh Pro. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, who are going down there in hoods, uh, literally with machine guns and yeah. are literally going, they're all white people yeah. just going to kill yeah. black people. Or, yeah, there's like, and there's a lot of imagery throughout this in represent being represented by the masks that they're wearing. So, like, the fact that a lot of them were wearing uh, KKK hoods mm -hmm. or there was, like, a lot of, like, German uh, Nazi uh, kind of... Uh, outfits so there's like yeah. the band on the arm and the the and then there was like one where there was like a leather mask that brought to to uh memory uh children under uh children under stands under the stairs, the stairs. <laughs> children under the stairs uh because the big daddy was like bdsm like he wore the whole like yeah. gimp suit and was like this he was terrifying right yeah uh and that also talked about in horror noir um <laughs> and it was one of like I it was one of my favorite horror movies. I always thought it was so crazy. Uh, and so when I saw that, I was like, ah. And then there's also like a scene in which our unwitting, <laughs> unwitting protagonist, like uh -huh. that you would never imagine in a million years that this was your protagonist. It's so awesome. Uh, uh -huh. Actually, like strangles a man who is wearing a mask that is essentially like blackface. Yeah. Like one of the old like um, like 
like puppet kind of uh-huh. looks uh, and like stereotypical uh, stereotypical cartoons yeah. of blackface of like this is what the black man is like um, and so like for him to strangle the life out of this <laughs> like that mask right yeah. so there's so much imagery and he takes it off yeah and it's like no we're your face because like we talked about this in Watchmen right is that masks make you cruel mm-hmm. and it, it hides you from the reality and allows you to kind of live out these fantasies where you're the vigilante like these people thought they were doing the right thing and money has all the power right mm-hmm. it's like they knew that these people would stay because they need that money Yeah, and that despite how I feel like they also felt like they would never have to pay it because they would all get killed yeah no absolutely I was like yeah. there's no way they're going to pay for this like they, I was like <laughs> You want to think that, like, you would be like, no, I wouldn't do that. But, yeah. like, there's – but instead, of you, if you just look at, like, all the times when people go and do studies, like, they get paid for those studies, but they, like, lose stem cells or something. Like, you yeah. know, like, they're being they're – bo- they're sacrificing their bodies because that's the only way to get that money. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, if you're really in need of it, you might sacrifice a lot more than you thought you would. Yeah. If, when you're put into that position. So I definitely believed that this could happen, and I was – like, you know where it's going, and you know that's scary. But there, there's so many things. There's, like, the first crime <laughs> was actually a guy who's going to blow up an ATM, which yeah. literally happened in the city. Yeah. Uh, and, like, people were like, oh, why are they doing that? It's like, why not? Like, Yeah, like, murder are... is not the first step in the list of crimes to yeah. commit. Like, capitalism exists. Yeah. It has been exploiting people for I don't even know how long humans have been, but like, yeah. you know, for, for as long as money has been, money has been exploiting us. It's been a terrible time. Yeah. So like, it does not shock me at all that they would yeah. go for the ATM. If like, if I was going to go out and commit crimes, that's the thing I would be yeah, doing. Yeah, money, right? And like, that's the thing too about like people who complain about the way that people are protesting police brutality and, and white supremacy in this country is that people have a problem with, um, like the fact that they blew up ATMs and that there's looting. And it's like, you don't understand that those, the, the existence of those ATMs and, and, and them being there and the fact that they do not have money and that they can't ha- have access to these places are also a part of the problem. Like yeah. that isn't, it's that's not a separate protest. issue. It's yeah. a part of the <laughs> Those are one and the same. Like yeah. this is so uh, ingrained in everything, right? It's it's institutional. It's, it's a part of what uh, America is. And so each one of those attacks, like, you might say like that's you're t- distracting from the real issues. Like no, that is that the is real the issue. issue. This is these are all the issues. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's like not that, one. that one uh, young woman who had that really like great speech, and mm-hmm. then it was followed up by another woman who had another really great speech that was basically just you are the one like you've been looting black bodies yeah for years like yeah. don't yell at us like, the Tulsa like, and then, like you taught us this violence mm-hmm. we we did not like yeah we're just existing and you come in here and murder everybody and it's can't curse man you know <laughs> yeah it's one two and you can't. yeah so yeah, it's messed up <laughs> yeah so it's just like kind of tying back to that where it's like this isn't it's all a part of the same thing yeah. we're protesting this yeah this is the problem and it's like, you're lucky we want equality and not vengeance, right? And yeah. that's the thing, too. And I think, like, so the first crime was actually going to be that ATM. And I was like, they're not going to report that, though. Because yeah. they don't see that as a crime. They wanted murder. They, wanna, they want to bring to light and to life the the narrative and the urban legend of black-on-black crime. Mm-hmm. They, they believe that so powerfully that they think, of course, that Staten Island's going to kill each other because that they already do it, right? Like, that's the idea, right? And so we do have a character, um, Skeletor, right? 
And as soon as he showed up on screen and he's having this monologue about how he wants to oh, murder... We were definitely murder. worried about how the film was going to go after that. I yeah. Think. I When I saw him, I was so upset because I was like, the problem with that is, is that we're getting this villain like in our face that we're supposed to hate. And I didn't, I was sad yeah. because I was like, what that, like it sucks to see this man. Cause I was, all I could think of was like that he needs help. He yeah. needs support. And he is he's in a world exploited. that he's cut off to that. Yeah, yeah. He's being exploited and uses this tool to, to, you know, keep on propagating, uh, <laughs> this propaganda. Right. Uh, and, and this idea. And so it just like infuriated me to see him on there and to see this, like, this cartoon character version yeah. of, of someone who's very clearly hurting and isn't even like, you know, cared about in his own community. Yeah. Because like, what are they going to do? And so then he's used as a tool to kind of show like, see, they're crazy. They're doing it. Um, instead of being like, he needs help. And I, again, that's like the whole idea of like, do we need cops? We don't. Um, <laughs> so these things, uh, yeah. but there's so much throughout this film that I was just like, it's so, uh, representative of what we're feeling now. And even though this was only in 2018, uh, so not that long ago, it was during a time, like, just like we said for the 2019 film or uh, series of Watchmen, people yeah. were saying it's too political or it that's the reason why it doesn't have as many views and it really should. Like, it needed the people views need back to do then. This. I, like, I don't understand. Uh, it is very good. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was just saying it really boldly. It was really just kind of... One, saying everything that needed to be said and ahead of its time. Yeah. Um, but I realize now that I didn't actually finish my quote of how great it kind of did this whole thing. Yeah. Um, but it said there uh, from the Hollywood reporter uh, said that it was something powerful about the fact that the neon tinge block party that breaks out before like right uh, that they're celebrating their community <laughs> essentially yeah. instead of murdering each other, other uh, right before all the agitators are sent out under the guises of the uniforms that people of color fear most. So you have, as you said, the arm cuffs, the yeah. police officer uniforms, yeah, there's the people in KKK, the uh, mm -hmm. literally just like strolling about and just very obviously not from there. Yeah. You know, and it, again, it, it you know, brings me back to, um, like our conversation with Ariel when we were talking mm -hmm. about black women in horror representation and how she doesn't watch horror very often because real life is horrible, is horrifying for uh, black people. And so like when I, you know, when you see things like that, when you keep seeing the same imagery and when you think like, again, about like uh, get out with the mm -hmm. police officer at the end and how that's not your hero. And like, in this film, like, you knew from the beginning, there's no illusion that this government is a good guy. Oh, that yeah, That these no. people are going to take care of them. Like, you knew it was insidious. You knew the whole time. Um, and to have these protagonists that are people of color and to have all this imagery that is, like, really just in your face. Like, there is a, a – again, we're in spoiler town um, – <laughs> where you – where there's a bunch of people who are seeking refuge in a church. Yeah. And they're, you know, just – hunker down with their community and when they send in these white supremacists and, and other horrible, horrifying um, uh, villains, right, they end up shooting and murdering in this church and it, you know, brought back memories of yeah. of the actual <laughs> shooting in churches, like, right, and and you also, uh, like, you see all those, that, that imagery and you see them giving the contacts and saying, we're going to put a tracker in you and uh -huh. we have drones so we have surveillance right like 
<laughs> there's so many so many things in here that feel like real life and I think yeah. that's a part of it too like for certain audiences horror has to be this like fictional thing like there's a lot of times where people are really afraid of like poltergeist or spirits and ghosts and yeah. things like that and like we talked about in Lovecraft Country episode for black people the real horrors are just like modern day things like things outside in the real world and those are way more terrifying than the spiritual things and so like like again quoting horror noir uh yeah. <laughs> there's like this conversation where it was like people are so focused on like vampires uh and and frankenstein right but the real monsters are actually like she says like the real uh one of the women i can't remember her name right now she says the real vampire is is you're married to him he's like sucking the life out of you and yeah. he's abusing you and, and and harming your child and like there are these things that and like the fact that this is a film that is classified as horror and it really is just like a, a representation of the real world. Like it isn't that far fetched at all. Like yeah. like if if they decided like if we like we're not very far from having the the founding fathers in our government, right? Like we have that all the time. We have you know Donald Trump in there. There's like little uh, snide hints to him uh, where like uh, she's being like attacked and she like yells and she says stop. She's like don't grab. I don't know if we're allowed to say I that. I think you're allowed to say it. She says, don't grab him a pussy, right? Yeah. And I was like, that's like, she's literally, that's a nod to Donald Trump. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I, and there's, it's even in one of the articles that. Yeah. The Hollywood Reporter one. It says that uh, there is a curse. It says pussy grabbing mf -er is a clear allusion to Donald Trump. Uh, his infamous 2005 Access Hollywood tape. And yeah. you even said it while we were watching it because he had like the gross baby face mask. Yeah. And it was just like, yeah. And he was like, you even caught. You're like, that's Donald Trump. Yeah, that's who he is. There's like, yeah. It's so like, it's not even. It, that's what's glory about this, right? It's it's not even pretending. But there's so many other things about this that I think are really amazing. And so, like, when we think back to something like Candyman, one of the things that people are like, this is revolutionary is that we had a villain who was supernatural, who was a black man, right? In this film, like. Uh, Jordan Peele's social horror films of Get Out and Us, it is predominantly BIPOC cast, yeah. right? And they are the protagonists. You have uh -huh. uh, women who's speaking Spanish uh, and and has like her, like, and they talk about the, like, yeah. think about how they talk about us. Like, yeah. they're, they're not ignorant at all to the way that the world sees them. And to have like this, there there's also this very honest kind of interaction with the, the drug lord, right? Um, and it, and it, I thought it was so refreshing because I was like, this isn't something you would get if it was written by a white man. Because if you think about Candyman, right? You yeah. have the way that the the gangs were portrayed were very one sided. Like they were just this like propped up like projection of what we see it. It's one dimensional. That's it. And I was like, it's so phenomenal to see this multi-dimensional, like fully realized character in this man who is like, he is leading, he's the drug dealer. He's owns this, right? He's yeah. the gang leader. Right. And there's this other side to him because he's like, this is all I know. And this is the only way I can ensure that I can protect my people. Mm -hmm. And like, he, is working at the the recreation center and he's coaching basketball, right? Yeah. And he's taking care of that. Meanwhile, like he is like <laughs> cartilage drugs in and out, right? But that's what he has to do. Like there's yeah. no he's like 
and even like the younger brother and it says like there is no other way like we've tried other ways they don't exist like you can't go through the system yeah it doesn't work <laughs> like it, it's yeah. too hard and it's also not built to protect people yeah. who look like them yeah and so like we have this uh one of the main characters is elon noel from insecure uh and he is this protagonist. He's this hero. He's this, like, an action hero. Yeah, I was like, he is, amazing. like, Bruce Willis in uh, uh, Die Hard, right? Like, yeah. I was like, he's, like, he's sweaty. Like and he's, like, he's doing it. getting attacked. And he's losing everyone he loves. And he's getting up. And he's going. And he's going to fight for his community. And he was, like... So I was like so yeah. pumped up because he's like, and again, he was, he's this flawed individual, but you are rooting for him in the end. And he's also the love interest, right? Uh -huh. And I was like, halfway through, I was like, this is a, is a dark skinned man. Like, you know, we have colorism in our, yeah. in our films, right? And we tend to, uh, kind of idolize lighter skinned people. He is not, right? Yeah. And it's like, I was like, and he's so, he's <laughs> very and it was like, I was like, I'm so excited to see this. Like, I was like amped up and I was so encamped before this episode. I was like, after that, I was like, he's a, the lead, like one of the love interests in Insecure. I was like, I've always wanted to watch Insecure, but had never gotten around to it. And now I'm like, I'm, I'm like, really yeah, energized. I'm like, I can, wa I can watch it. Yeah, <laughs> like, of course. Because that's awesome. And it was like, He's just like, all right, this is what we're going to do. And, like, his, his posse, like, you felt for them. You, you really oh, did. Yeah. I mean, it just shows, like, everyone is people. Like, we yeah. always like to super villain yeah. criminals and people who yeah. are different, yeah. like, from who we see every day. Yeah. Like, they literally try to, like, super villain gangs. And, honestly, lots of communities that have been BIPOC, mm -hmm. uh, specifically, like, Black Panthers. Yeah. Uh, you know, and people who are just trying to protect their community yeah and also the breakfast programs of the black yeah, panthers we're literally yeah like helping children and school like trying to like help their communities and make sure that they're safe because yeah. this is a world where no one else will yeah so it was yeah i agree with you just like really beautiful to see like one how multi-dimensional like they made his character how mm -hmm. real his character was yeah. how like powerful his character was and then also like really humanizing every single character like every character had moments yeah you know what i mean there was no one who was just like a well what is his name skeletor skeletor was a little bit of a blip yeah of a character but yeah. everyone else for the most part was like really yeah. like they were all people and yeah. you felt for them and it, they yeah. did a good job and i think like a part of skeletor too is that like the community knew what mm -hmm. he was right and there was like everyone knew like they were just like we just need to stay away from him like you knew he was going to cause trouble because that's just, like, how he can express himself. Like, mm -hmm. he clearly needs help. And everyone just kind of was like, that's all we can do. Especially when you think about um, how stigmatized mental health mm -hmm. help is in the black community and how strong that is against, like, black men specifically and how often they aren't, like, taken seriously or, you know, given the help that they deserve and, and, and are looked down upon for needing help, right? Mm -hmm. It's so neglected and it is a real issue. And so to see a character like Skeletor and to see how the community interact with, the, with him yeah. felt very real. And so, yeah. like, I, that's what it really, I was just like, this sucks so hard <laughs> because, like, he's being taken advantage of and like there's nothing anyone can do right and I think a part of that is like the the younger brother Isaiah realizing that he wasn't the enemy mm -hmm. like he was like yeah he, like he got you, to that point yeah but he was like oh no there's a bigger there's a bigger bad than this and I thought that was really great to and we just had so many different characters and they all had their own motivations and 
it was really great. And I, it, it makes me really sad that it doesn't get more attention and that it isn't uplifted as much. I think it's intentional. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I hope that, you know, like we have been saying that people are, you know, being a little more deliberate. There's more people out here who want to learn and want to see. And I think this is a great way to kind of see that. Because I think yeah. you can immediately realize the terror. Like, you know, you're like, they're, like, they're out there partying and they're having a block party. You're like, you know you would be out there. Like, yeah. And the, the government realizing it and watching these screens, like, why aren't they killing each other? And it's yeah, like, they were mad. Because it is a lie. Because yeah. you're being confronted with the truth, which is that that doesn't exist. Like, those myths and urban legends that you've been putting on this group of people clearly is a lie. Yeah. And the things that you thought so hard were going to be proved aren't. And so that you yeah. have to twist the facts. And, of course, they're going to bring in COINTELPRO because it's just like with the protests that are happening, right? We have peaceful protests, and it's not until, like, mysterious burning cars, bricks yeah. laid out on the street, tear gas. They're closing people off. Yeah, they're, they're making it so them. there's no way to escape. Yeah. Like, there's no way to follow the law. Yes. So, like, what do you want people yes. to do? And then, like, you're attacking people, and, like, again, you're, you're protesting police brutality, and you're met with... Uh, police brutality and people are still defending the police and it's like that's how you know that this is real yeah that this is it's it almost feels like a documentary honestly yeah like <laughs> no i yeah. mean it was so viscerally upsetting but like mm -hmm. in a very necessary way yeah yeah where i literally looked up after watching it was like we need to get weapons like i just felt so strongly yeah. about that that it was just like there's no safety in this system yeah. Unless we're upper class, rich white people. And yeah. that's not where I fall right now. Yeah. And where anyone I love falls. So none of us are safe. Yeah. And I'm not saying everyone go get guns, but like, yeah, at least I, something. Defend yourself. Because like, that's the thing. they're going to come at us with things that we didn't even realize were possible. So. Yeah. They have all these weapons that they're using on people who are literally walking down the street. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's, like, what people need to realize is that no one else is going to save us, right? No one came to the aid that was outside of that community. Everyone was watching from their screen being, you know, like, distanced from the issue. Like, it seems yeah. fictional even to people who lived in that world and were just watching, right? Because that's what we do. We distance ourselves from those problems. And that when it really comes down to it, the only people who are going to save you are each other and in your community. And so you really do have to, like, build up your community and, and stick by uh, the others like you who are going to fight back, right? Because that's the only way, like, we, we cannot be waiting for this white savior situation, right? Like, it's yeah. not going to happen. And... It's it's inevitable that like there is going to be this um, upward. Like it really felt to me. I was like, this feels like it's going to happen tomorrow when I was watching it because yeah. it is like happening right now. <laughs> like all yeah. these different things are happening right now, and so I think like if you're going to get anything out of this film, it is to f to feel empowered enough that you can gain knowledge about the yeah. world and the truth and use that knowledge to then protect yourself and protect your loved ones and realize that we can be the heroes together. And that like, I mean, at the end, it didn't end well, right? Yeah, they still no. are in power and the purge obviously still happens. It still like decimated their community. Yeah. 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 They were like annihilated. Their entire like community that they built up had been taken out by drones and just the white people who yeah. were uh, the 
mercenaries. Yeah. Thinking about like going floor to floor to floor and versus like something here in, in Philadelphia, the move bombing, right? Like yeah. just, and it's your fault. You did it. There's two sides to the story. Like, no, you bombed people, your community. With, yeah, you, you killed five children, right? Like there's no you two sides them, to that. also shot like machine, like weapons into their building for a very long time. Yeah, and, and then let it burn. Yeah. They literally let it burn. They said, let it burn to make a point, right? So it's like we, and, and they still Hundreds have of like ba- barely, barely an apology 35 years later. Not even like a slap on the wrist kind of apology, right? And so it's like this stuff is so real and it, and it is happening every day and we just need to be aware of it so that we can be, like we can't have it anymore where people say, you know, like, it's not the time, or I don't want politics in my media, or this is a liberal agenda. And it's like, it is. <laughs> the liberal agenda yeah. is to educate you so you yeah. know what's really happening out there and so that we can combat it. So we don't want to be like Candyman in the 90s and make pretend that we're colorblind and that the issues yeah. are, are behind us. They're happening. They're real. And we need to fight. Yeah. That's that was a very yeah. inspiring speech. Oh, thanks. Lead us. <laughs> Look at us too. Look at us. I know. Be educational. Um, yeah. And this is like our last uh, episode in our podcast lair as it is because yeah. we're moving. Um, because this area is full of rampant white supremacists and water racists who think that Columbus is more deserving of their attention than black lives. Yeah. They're walking around here with weapons, like guns and bats. Yeah. And being intoxicated in public. It's so rude. The police are rude. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I this is a great series. I don't know how much longer we have, like, how much more content. Because, uh, sadly, it's kind of hard to find. Like, yeah. I think it would be fun to do a Tales from the Hood. Um, but I think, like, there are, like, if you have suggestions, please let us know. Yeah, please. Uh, Theghoulsnextdoor at gmail.com. Uh, if there's something you want us to cover, whether that's a book, a video game, a film, TV show, what yeah. have you. I've taken on reading. Cat reads now. <laughs> yeah. It's um, been a journey. It's fun. Yeah. It's necessary. I can do it in small bursts. It's just like the yeah. narcolepsy really affects my focus. But once we get going, yeah. it's good. It's, yeah, I got it. Send us going. some books to read. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I hope you're enjoying it. I hope you're learning something from it. I hope this is media literacy for you. Um, and that it inspires. Like, it's $15. It's so absurd. Like, if you, yeah. like. I own it any now. Way, if any friends who want to watch it. I wonder if we could, world. like, somehow stream it. If you yeah. know how to stream and if we can somehow have a get screening. a license to do that. I would love to st- stream this film. Once things are allowed to be out in the open. Because it, it's, people say green face. It's not green face. We're in the second wave of coronavirus do not go outside without a mask but once the world is a little more settled maybe we could have something at like amalgam comics yeah. at coffee house and comics to like have a screening where everyone watches the first purge and we talk about it because that would yeah. be amazing and shutter i'm calling you like i'm gonna call you yeah. and be like you need to up this horror noir i got the best film for you man yeah put it on there let me like it's so there's cheap. no re- like i don't understand like i guess i do understand because i think yeah. it's intentional i yeah. think it is on purpose mm-hmm. been like pushed under the rug because it came out during that whole yeah let Kaepernick lose his job time yeah so well, it's, it's just... like if if HBO which is H the HBO can put out the Watchmen for a weekend during Juneteenth to be free for people to watch and if Netflix big old Netflix can put Thirteenth the documentary Thirteenth by Ava DuVernay on YouTube for free 
regardless of if you have a subscription. If they can do that, then we can find a way to get this film on like yeah. out there and available like put it on youtube it should be it's like illegal i feel like to not have this film out there and for it to be 15 dollars and for us yeah. to have to search so hard for it like i'm yeah. i will lovingly pay that 15 dollars. i think yeah. they deserve it. they deserve the money but but it should be available it should it, this is necessary watching like yeah. as silly and hooky it is necessary watching and i think it's rude that this and get out and horror noir and us and <laughs> Candyman and all these films aren't just like out there yeah, they're like, making it harder. It should just be like here, along with all those books you're reading. Watch and, you know, I will say it's like I want people who made these films to get the money that they deserve. Yeah, and if that's the issue, yeah, then we need people to start paying them the money that they deserve so that we can put them in these like areas yeah. so that they're more easily accessible. Absolutely, and like I just it kills me to use Amazon. Yeah. And that's what we had to do. And we did it. And you know how much I hate Jeff Bezos. Like everyone who listens and watches us knows that. And that I would and gladly like watch him arrested. Available option. Yeah. And I did it. I allowed it. <laughs> we watched it on that awful program, <laughs> that awful streaming service for that awful company. It's like awful we quality wise than awful actually just yeah, because of it. Like my ethics <laughs> and ethics, morality. That's the word. All of it was in jeopardy, but I did it because this film deserves that. So if that's not a testament, yeah. I don't know what is. Yeah. And if you need, a, like, the hookup, Kat owns it now. We bought it together. So uh, <laughs> we can work it out, friends. Yeah, but, uh, we need our, you to our see friends it because it's it. so real. And also, just, like, go get your nunchucks or your nunchucks, giant wrenches. Kat, nunchucks. Giant wrenches or bats or, like, Seriously. not in the white supremacist defending statues kind of way. Yeah. Like, defend your houses. Defend yeah. your families. Things that are real. Fight the system. All right, well, you know. I said that's so lackluster. Fight the system. You know. <laughs> it's just, you gotta, you gotta tired. Stay We're tired. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you... don't. Get married, though, your kids? Billy, your kids. Hey. Yeah, there you go. I know what we're doing. <laughs> this is our podcast, The Ghouls Next Door. All right. Bye. Bye.